This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Sober Life Audio, Audio Experience. Experience. Dun, 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 dun. What's Wh- up, Roman? What is good, man? Hey, we're back in town. Sunny day. It's yes, San sir. Diego. I don't think much else has changed. Yeah. Other blessed. than. Bless, bless, bless. Other than. What? Today's guest. Yes. Oh, what? Who's that? We have the famous author. Mm. We have the. World renowned. Treatment w- specialist. World renowned. Renowned. Okay. Renowned. We have Mr. Scott H. Silverman in the house. Yeah. And the reason that's important H. is there's a nice guy in Japan with the name Scott Silverman. And when people ping him instead of me, he gets pissed. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, everyone, this is Scott H. Silverman. Thank you. H. H. Author. Not Japanese. Treatment. No. Treatment specialist. What else? Gotcha. Do we do? What else do we got here? Crisis Scott? coach. Crisis, Crisis coach. coach. Interventionist. Yep. You know, he flashed a badge on me one day. I don't know if that's top secret or not. Actually, it is, but thank you for, <laughs> thank you for setting boundaries right away in this interview. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. It was a badge of honor. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Which with my, you know, you pull my sheets, and I was introduced today as a large group as uh, they asked, what did you do in high school? I said, well, I was, a, I was an unlicensed pharmacist. Ah. <laughs> so, you know, got it. Got it. That's where I learned my yeah. public relations skills, I think, right. back in those days. And it I, served you well. Like I worked I in so. the import-export business <laughs> yes. for a while. Correct. Uh, Cross-border. I yeah, yeah, I did. Well, yeah. it's important for international relations to be able to yeah, speak there we a go. couple languages or have a common language everybody it was, knows. It was a very short career. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, that can well, happen. Turn around, Rick. So, yeah. Scott, we start the show <laughs> with a few questions. Yes, we and do. Please. Question number one, uh, it's a doozy. What's your vision? Mm. For the show? What's your vision for, for yourself, for life, your life? Oh. for the world? Well, for the world? Uh, I think... That's a great question, and, and I'd answer it this way, only because it's true. Uh, each day I get up, and I want to do whatever I can to help families get their loved ones access to treatment and remind them there is hope and help. And the second part of that is to help reduce the stigma around addiction and substance abuse and alcoholism, mm-hmm. because 15% of our country suffers from this disease of addiction, according to science, mm-hmm. and 10% of those will seek help, which is a very small percentage. But what's an interesting statistic I find and it's phenomenal is the 15% who are impaired. And you know what I mean by impaired the night before on the road, they will impact seven people each throughout the day in their life, whether it's being on the road, impaired, hungover, going to work, you know, loss of productivity, some sort of, you know, increased disability, angry, fighting, Mm. uh, increased depression, uh, unresolved trauma that's not being treated because they're hiding behind the disease and mm. um, the mood-altering substances. So that's my vision. Anything I can do, and I really, really, really appreciate the opportunity to be sitting here with you two and uh, knowing that no you know, your, your listener uh, will be out there going, you know, gosh, you know, I never looked at it that way. And maybe we'll say the same thing a little differently or they'll hear it differently right. or it'll be the right day to hear it. 
and they'll get on the phone. You know, I'd love to have them call me, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give him my number if you don't mind. Of course. Yeah. 619. 619- Nine nine three two seven three eight. That's my direct cell phone number. Six one nine 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 three two seven three eight. So you can text me, or look me up on the web. Scott at, H Silverman. Thank you. It just sounds so much different when you say it like that. <laughs> when I say it, it's like the next thing I hear is dinner ready. So, uh, and I and I give that number out funny. because I want people to know. If you don't want to call me, that's fine. But call somebody yes. for God's sakes. You know, people right. really need to get on the phone. And I hear I hear the conversations every day. Oh, you know, I was gonna this. I said, look, you know, if we were talking about diabetes, mm-hmm. there would be no. You ran to the doctor, you get mm-hmm. the blood test, they do the analysis, they make some recommendations, you change your diet, and for the rest of your life, you're gonna monitor your blood sugar level unless mm-hmm. something really changes in a phenomenal way. So mm-hmm. that's the same thing for this. It's really right. not that hard. You know, I read the other day that 54 year old billionaire. Mm. That with the Bitcoin, you know, yeah. overdosed and he'd been to a couple of treatment centers and oh, no way. It was taken, I think I read eighty oxycontins a day. A day. Jesus. Fifty four years old. And he had everything, you know, that people perceive people should have right. money, freedom, jet yeah, plane, right. blah, blah, blah. And yeah. He's fifty four years old. I mean, you know, we read the paper every day, something's happening. So I hope I've answered your question. Yeah, and you it, have. It just goes to show the More outsides than, don't always yeah. fix the insides. Never. You know? I don't think it ever does, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> so let's go on to question number two. Yeah. Question number two is Scott, what do you love? What do you love? I love my family. Mm. I love my wife. I love my kids. I got a new puppy. Nice. So I'm learning how to love unconditionally again. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. You're sitting there nicely, look at the puppy, and you look away for a second. She walks over and just sits down in my foot and pees on me. So, uh, I, you know. <laughs> What's uh, your puppy's name? Her name is Harlow. Harlow. Her name is Harlow. She was a rescue. And nice. uh, it's our third dog. We have three dogs now. Yeah. We've always had three. Lost one a year and a half ago. So that's what I love. I love my family. I love... Um, I love that. I love doing this. I mean, to be able to sit down and talk about how we can help other people. And, and I'm a firm believer, again, you know, if, you, if I can't help you, I get it. Call someone. Yeah. Right. You know, you cannot go on YouTube and find a way to fix this stuff. It just no. doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. No. So what's number that. three? You got a tough one? We got yeah, l- yeah. last one. Yeah. Number three is what is one book, and you can only choose one book, that has greatly impacted or shaped your life? Oh, my God. That's a great question. There's a book that reminds me of me <laughs> and it happens to be sitting right here. So tell me, no, I dare you is the book that's changed my life yeah. uh, in, in many different ways. And it's fascinating. It's a, it's a book all about how to get to yes. Uh, and actually, you can get it on my website, yourcrisiscoach.com. Uh, Tell Me No I Dare You is the journey that I put together. I wrote the book uh, back in, came out in 08 and re- re-edited it in 2011. And this was my journey and the work that I did and the people I served uh, put together. And what's fascinating is, you know, Tell Me No I Dare You came from this idea that, you know, when we grow up, Someone's always got, they call it the, the finger, the shame-based finger mm-hmm. pointing at you going, no, you can't do this. You're not smart enough. You're not tall enough. You know, right. you, you don't cut your avocado the right way. You know, you don't, eat your, <laughs> you don't eat your chips the right way. Whatever it is, somebody's coming up with it. She's not listening. Yeah. Anyway, um, and so, and I just learned, you know, the word no uh, just a month ago. I'm so excited about it. A new acronym means uh, new opportunity. Mm. And I love that. I just love that. It's so simple because we hear no all the time, you know, like you guys can't run this show. It won't, you know, you don't have enough of an audience. Or, oh, we've or, gotten all of we've it. We've heard oh, it all. Sure, you know, and now, you know, you're going to be in, and I'm, and look, I'm new in the treatment world, the confidential yeah. recovery the last four years. And people said, you can't do that. You, right. you help homeless people get jobs. How can you help people that have issues around addiction? 
And I've been yeah. doing it for a volunteer for decades, so I figured, yeah. you know, why not, you know, get licensed and certified by the state and yeah. try to get more people access. Right. Love it. Right. So that's yeah. that's my favorite book, and I'm not a great reader. I mean, Homer Price and the Donut Machine is probably the last one I can remember <laughs> from third grade. <laughs> I've looked it up. I don't think it still exists anywhere, but I'm, I was not a big reader. So when I wrote this book, I used a ghostwriter, a couple of them, yeah. and uh, I'm putting together my new book right now. I'm excited about it. It's, uh, I've got a working title. It's called... Yeah, give, us, give us a preview. You're Not God, That Job Is Taken. Mm. I, I think I've it. heard that before. I've heard that. Well, that I've got the URL locked down, so you uh, know. Scott you go. H. Silverman, author. Tell me no, I dare you. Yeah, you know my. Uh, we we hear Brian and I. We hear no a lot, or or more so. Like, like you, you can't, can't do that. You can't do that. Tell that, me about that. Wait, what, gonna... what does that mean? Who's telling oh, you things? Just 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 haters. I like to call them haters. No. Um, you don't or, need family then, or fans. Uh, we actually we have had. Oh yeah, family fan, oh even, family too. Even say that, and you know my initial response is just the middle finger. That's that's been yeah. since a child, but. Um, and how's that working for you? It, it didn't work for a long time. But yeah. what we've learned is just do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? And for for us, that has worked out very well. Good. You know, and this is a testament to the show and being able to have, you know, people like you come on yeah. and talk about your experience. We talk about what your vision and your hope is for the world because, there, like you said, there are people listening right now who... Maybe they didn't hear it last week, but they're hearing it today. Yeah, and know. and as we get into experience, Scott, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your experience, and kind of give yeah. the listeners some context for Who where you? you where you've come from and where you're at now a little bit? Uh, I'd rather not. Okay. Yeah. You want to talk about what you do then? <laughs> That's the same thing. <laughs> okay. I like that expression. Okay, you're just gonna roll with that. Um, my background: grew up in San Diego. I'm an OG. I've uh, been mm. here my whole life. My wife has two two lovely daughters. Okay. One in their 20s, one in their uh, early 30s. That's all I'll say. And I, my <laughs> wife's much younger than I am. She's still my first wife. And um, 33 years of continuous sobriety, 36 years married to the same woman, person. Wow. And, you know, that's... Congratulations. It's kind of remarkable. You know, she was with me the last two years of my uh, my run. So yeah. when you can hang on to that, yeah. that's big. kind of special. Well, just in today's age in yeah. general. Well, yeah. And, and you know, I, I think what happens is it's as we as we get older, you know, change becomes uh, complicated. Um, mm. So we've found ways to, you know, or she's found ways to adjust to my, you know, 27 identifiable personalities. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up... I've met that, two you know, of them at least. Yeah. Well, it's actually three. But, <laughs> three. you know, and you forgot the first one because we were at a weird meeting the other day yeah. i don't know sure what i was doing there i wasn't even sure what you were doing there but yeah it was, it was a good it was a good meeting uh, yeah it was a little weird but i don't know how you, how'd you get invited to that i know how i did but i just went for it okay i saw the flyer okay I and to, i started saying I had to yes bring lunch so that's how i got there yeah i just said yes <laughs> so you know i said no my story's not you know not that unique and you know i grew up in a family business or four kids and i was the black sheep and so i kind of was a knucklehead and right bubbled and bumbled along and sounds about right yeah and you know i like to i'm I'm really more into the present i mean there's a time obviously uh, not obviously that i tried to take my own life when i was Mm -hmm. turning 30 and that's the uh the year that i got Mm. help and yeah right right here in san diego and did the traditional inpatient went to the outpatient and became a volunteer and and then uh, you know i didn't didn't jump on getting in the industry at all but yeah started a nonprofit many years ago called second chance and Mm. the goal was to help create an environment for yeah returning offenders and individuals who have difficulty in their ability to, you know, kind of grasp, you know, what the reentry side of being incarcerated and the change that takes place around. So you started Second Chance. Yeah, that was my baby back in wow. '93. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I've gone through Second Chance. That's incredible. Really? Yeah. <laughs> One of the classes? 
No, through their program, reentry, like you know, they they helped, I went through their classes, their course, and, the four week know, training. The spy, they, the spy yeah, from them. Do you remember? Do you remember what your class number was? I don't. Remember how I, many years ago it was? Two thousand twelve. So about five years ago, I had been gone about two years. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, they. That's, they put me in sober living. They provided my housing, all of it. Yep. Yeah. That's tell great. us about that's down there. Awesome. Down there on Euclid. Uh, Imperial Avenue. Imperial where, Avenue. Yeah, same thing, kind of. Same area. Yeah, six, yeah. six one in Imperial. Like <laughs> I call it. Yeah, yeah. That was my baby. I started wow. in '93 and had a little house downtown. That we were office at a 13th and J, right across the street from the recycling center, and wow. didn't you know didn't make any money for four years, and finally found a major donor, and then built on it, and then eventually got nine you know segregated properties. And mm-hmm. it's interesting. Never provided treatment, but always had sober living. I used to call them alcohol and drug free housing because. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to live next door to somebody who wasn't doing drugs or alcohol. Yeah. Right. But nobody wanted to live next door to sober living, which right. is doing the same thing. So, yeah. you know. I, we now heard the term some, yeah. recovery residence. Exactly. Well, that's, that's what, what we heard today. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I got to tell you, that's what the county's calling it. And <laughs> it doesn't matter because to the average homeowner who is a union member of NIMBY, they don't care. They don't want any part to of it. To them, it sounds worse than sober yeah. living. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. does. Because now you're telling them exactly what yeah. you're doing. Sober yeah. living has kind of a gray area of, well, what does that really mean? Uh, it's yeah. just sober people. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. What a small world, you know. Yeah, yeah so it is. And, and that program strive. I brought that from yeah. New York. I saw it on sixty minutes back in ninety seven. Brought it out here in ninety eight, and raised a few million dollars to help people because that program, that curriculum, allowed us to really scale up. And right. we, were, we were putting fifty people a month through the program. It was amazing. Oh it my is. god, amazing. it is amazing. Well, and Scott, you know, I've I've met you through. I'll give a shout out to Soap right now, Society of Addiction Professionals, and. I, you're the president of soap. Because nobody else wanted it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, 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 I think there's more to the story. And that's one of the main reasons I really wanted to get you on is, I, I didn't There's even know There's things you want to know that yeah. you're afraid to ask in person. Well, I mean, well, I think... We figured wow. if we got you on air, like, you, you'd be backed <laughs> you, into a corner. Yeah. How's that working out for us so far? Well, we're, really we're finding out yeah. good information. Yeah, I mean, we found out about yeah. Second Chance, and there's this connection there. So I feel like, you know, because of this connection, it, this is a safe place for you to open up. Yeah. About... Lay it on. What yeah. after second? Wow, are you chance? really believe in this stuff coming out of your mouth? That's I, amazing. I, 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 <laughs> you know, on most days I do. Okay. You know, one of the things that we uh, tools we used to use in the classroom was a mirror. So when okay. pe- when people started doing what you're doing, we'd hold a mirror in front and look at it and go, "Oh my God, is that really coming out of my mouth?" <laughs> oh, wow. Sometimes yes. referred to as reflective thinking. Mm. Um, well, you know, and, and the, the mechanisms that I believe in, I feel strong about, and and you know, when we started talking about soap. Uh, it's actually a SD Soap, San Diego Association mm-hmm. of Addiction Professionals dot org. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, we were part of a different meeting, a men's meeting, just talking about how we get best practices going in our community. Love it. And I asked the question, why why are we not meeting with other you know people in the community? Well, we're a men's group, and we need a men's group. And I said, well, but seventy percent of this industry are not men. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't say what they are. Let, right. let people use their imagination. Right. So at the end of the day. Why don't we open it up? So we started having meetings in my office for a couple of years, and all of a sudden, it started growing. And, and the people in, fr- in front of the room, they're not your traditional clinicians. They're people like uh, a council member. We had Brian Mainshine, the assemblyman, mm-hmm. come in. We had the DEA come in. We had the yeah. U.S. attorney come in. And uh, this month, we have an individual an expert on uh, domestic violence coming in to talk about it. I'm and, looking forward to and it. And what I'm hoping to do is I'm hoping to get our membership, you know, with Mark Gladden and I, who, you know, runs Present Moments, is to let the group share with the facilitator so the facilitator of that particular month can take the information back to their sphere mm. of influence to say, 
hey, there are treatment providers here. I mean, last yeah, right. November, we had our San Diego County Sheriff, Bill Gore, came in. And I, I followed up with him on Friday, like I do with most speakers. You know, how was the event? What'd you think? And he says, how often do you guys meet? And I said, every month. He goes, would you mind terribly if I let, you know, one of my uh, coordinators from the you know, prison reentry program come <laughs> in and sit in the group? I mean, you know, there's 700 people in reentry in San Diego. Yeah. There's over, I think the number is 5,600 people in the county jails. Mm-hmm. And uh, 70% plus have an issue with substance abuse or behavioral health, mental mm-hmm. health. Yeah. And they need, they need providers. So, you know, let's put each other together. I mean, yeah. it, it, to me, it's not rocket science. Why aren't we talking right. to each other? And so I'm trying to diminish some of these silos we have with, you know, no, no knock against health and human services, but you know, they're County people and I'm not. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're entrepreneurial. Some of us, some of us are part of big corporations that mm-hmm. belong to it, but it's, you know, up to 70 people a month and anyone's welcome. Right. Anyone can come. A clinician can come an interventionist can come in. You guys come in. I don't even yeah. know. How, how'd you originally find out about Conchetta. it? There you go. Yeah. And yeah. she's a provider. Mm-hmm. She's you know. amazing. Shout out Conchetta. Yeah. We love you, girl. Hopefully she's listening right now. We're <laughs> having some nice dinner being made by the chef. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so Scott, tell us more about what you're, I mean, we've heard a little bit about what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's getting you lit up right now? I know you, you know, you have the books, uh, second chance, you've got confidential recovery. What do you see for we, the future? Yeah. Like, what do you see? What's working? What's exciting you? Well, you know, the average person who goes through a 28-day program, which unfortunately insurance companies only pay 14 days of now, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if they do nothing else after they leave, uh, there's a 95% chance they're going to relapse. So what I want to yeah. do is I want to reduce the stigma. I want people to really be encouraged to know that there is hope and help. And I want them to understand that you, know, you can't just go in on a weekend seminar. You know, this isn't Anthony Robbins. You know, mm. this, is, this is your life. Yeah. And science has told us that if you don't continue with the support, whether mm-hmm. it's a social model, uh, 12 steps, and I like people say, oh, you know, those steps. I said, well, take the elevator. You know, just, right. but do something different do something. than what you've been doing, because the mind that tells you to go do this is the same mind that told you to told you to go do that. Right. right. You know, and there's that saying, you know, Marshall Goldsmith's got that book. We got you here. Won't get you there. So, you know, get involved with your own recovery. Get involved with your own transformation. And whatever that looks like. Well, and, and most people, you know, I don't care what it is. It's yeah. something, you know. Right. And the idea is if you don't know how to do it, and most people don't, go talk to somebody who does. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a meeting yeah. or you're a faith-based coordinator or your primary doctor or mm-hmm. call me or you guys. Yeah. Or, right. And, you know, we'll send you to somebody because somebody yeah. out there you're going to connect with. And, I, you know, meetings are great, you know, but sometimes we need a higher level of care. And right now, one of the biggest conversations, you know, in treatment is uh, medication-assisted treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most of the recovery facilities in our community are abstinence-based. Right. So you're trying to come off of heroin and you've been a chronic relapser, you know, and you're not going to, Look at Suboxone or Methadone or Vivitrol because you want to do it the right way, which to me can be an excuse coming, you know. Right. Family say to me, what do I do with my son or daughter? How do I know if they're telling the truth? And my attitude is if their lips are moving, <laughs> they're not. Mm-hmm. Don't, they don't get a vote. Right. Uh, once they stabilize and, you know, they're cognitively back in the world and they've gone through detox. And, and that takes time. You know, it, yeah. you know, some people are talking about five years now yeah. is what Whoa. insurance companies should be covering. Because they go through, you know, the, the, the trauma side of it, have yeah. the trauma treated, go through the transformational side. And then, you know, you, you know the saying that you, when you start drinking or using – you stop growing emotionally. So if you start at 15, you get sober at 30, in my case. Yeah. 
you know, I'm, I'm 15 years old. I got the maturation rate of a 15-year-old when I came out of treatment. Right. So there is some rebuilding that takes place. And, you know, in the five years, you know, it's, it's mindfulness, you know, yeah. it's meditation, it's nutrition, it's gut health. So you do all those things anyway. It's all but, good. Yeah, but according, yeah. according to some of the scientists that have talked about it and the, and the studies that have been done, it, it takes a full five. Not that you can't be getting better and feeling better every single day. Mm-hmm, so I don't yeah. want people to think, oh, it'll take me five years to right. feel good. There's no reason to try. You, you know, a somewhat of a controversial topic, and we'll just go there. Go is, there. The idea of outcome. Not the hair product I'm wearing Well, out, outcome measures. <laughs> and what would you say, like, what what's the best outcome for treatment? And how do you answer that? I, I would say, you know, and I you've heard me say uh, outcome-based, evidence-based, and studies show, and, I've, and I, I did them in my nonprofit for decades. We had multiple studies, blind studies, three-year mm-hmm. studies, three-year blind studies, three-year back-to-back studies that mm. are blind studies. And it's funny because in, in working with ex-offenders, you know, Follow-up is almost impossible. Yeah. yeah. And there, But listen to this. There was yeah. a study done, how to talk to ex-offenders on a follow-up time. And what was decided was you call the individual on Thanksgiving at their mom's house. And that's where they had the highest catch of all the individuals because people will go home to see mom for Thanksgiving. Not Christmas, not it Hanukkah. Ma- it makes sense. Yeah, so that's where that's that where they, they'd get all these interns together and they sit down on Thanksgiving and they'd make all these phone calls. That's funny. Hey, how's everything going since you were released? What's happening? Yeah. Us, you know, so I think the best answer to that question, you know, and I'm not a scientist, I'm not a clinician for those of you who think I might be, and there's only two of you and I've met you both and I continue to tell you you're wrong, but they don't want to listen, is... An individual who's been able to demonstrate a transformation or a level of abstinence over a period of time is the simplest way to explain it. Okay. An individual who's engaged in their own well-being on an ongoing basis. You know, for mm. example, if we were talking about how to be a triathlete, you know, it isn't a weekend. It isn't a mud run. It isn't climb up a building. It's something you work years at getting good at. Yeah. It's, it's, look, it's like any relationship. It takes years to good at it, to, be, to really be good at it. I mean, I'm married 36 years, and, you know, people, that's where I learned the word no probably more than <laughs> But my wife and I, you know, we seriously sit down and we talk about it, you know. It, is there something about me that I could be looking at differently? I, it, what bothers me now is she carries a list, and then she pulls it out, <laughs> and that's a lot of fun. She's prepared. She's prepared, cause, yeah. because I'm open to listen. Yeah. And, and I hope I'm uh, smart enough to, to look at that and make some changes. So at feedback, working is, I think the social model probably has some of the highest level of efficacy around it by being with others yeah. and talking about those things. Well, yeah. just having the support. Yeah, exa- well, so, yeah. Support. Exactly. You, you can define it any way you want, but the social model is really what most people, lay people anecdotally and experientially say that if you're still connected to others, you know, in the formal side of the absence-based program, right. is if you're working the steps, you're not thinking about drinking. But I just saw a guy in my home group and, you know, he's 17 years and I, he had some medication left over from a procedure. And that's the stuff that's bothering me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm associated now with a group called Safe Home Coalition. Mm. And we're all about teaching people how to secure the medications that are in their medicine cabinets. And, and my wife's a realtor, and that's what people are doing now, drug seekers. Imagine this. You guys have probably never thought of it. They go to open houses and one of them introduces themselves to the realtor and the other realtor says, oh, show me the backyard. And while they're in the backyard, they're not looking through the safe for jewelry. They're not looking for cash. They're going, going through the medicine med cabinet, cabinet to get wow. the Oxy and the Vicodin. Think about that for yeah. a second. 
So, you know, the, the, the harder we push, but you know, you know, I remember how it was for me, lying, cheating, manipulating was a yeah. way of life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if, did I answer your question? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, and I did. No. No. Okay. Yes. So I did answer it, but yes. not really. Okay. No, this is really working well for me. I'm, I'm, remember when we first, you said, oh, look, I'd like to have you come in and do this with <laughs> us tonight. And I said, oh, that'd be great. When? And he said, oh, June or July. I said, clearly you haven't Googled me. And then he Googled me. I got to get a text the next day. Are you available on the 18th? <laughs> yeah. Scott, you're, you're pulling the coverage down here. Oh, yeah. You know, well. uh, we're just so excited to have you here today, but also just to be a part of this movement because it really is a movement, right? I agree. Like what works 10, 15, 20 years ago, five years ago in this treatment industry isn't working today. Not at all. Right? Because. Well, I should say not at all. There are certain core things that do work. But and, there's changes. Well, and, and, and here's what's happening. The, the younger generation, I don't yes. know your guys' age, but younger, you know, early 20s, those who have been on heroin now, but originally started, 70% start from some sort of prescription medication. Right. Yeah. You know, but they're saying, well, you know, I don't want this. And it shouldn't be an excuse. You know, I don't want this, I don't want that. You know, my people, the Jewish people, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't believe we, my rabbi came to visit me in treatment. It's in my book. And said, you know, Jewish people do not have a drinking problem. Mm. I go, Rabbi, I'm in room 14 here <laughs> yeah. in, a, in, a, in a lockdown facility, and trust me. Yeah. He goes, well, God's within you. And, and you know, God does not believe that we have a drinking problem. I said, look, God's within me. I'll tell you, I was in a blackout all last week in New York on business. He is a drinker. If, he was, <laughs> if he's within me, he yeah. was a drinker. Yeah. So, you know, there's that level of denial that continues. So right. I don't like to see people go, I don't want to this. Well, pick something. And if you're not sure what, you know, in the outpatient programs, in the treatment modalities, talking to clinicians who understand addiction, they'll make suggestions, you know, yeah. try this, try that. You know, when I I'm met with a guy today I'm working with as a crisis coach and yeah, I'm, I'm going to a meeting hmm. once a week. So I said, well, on the average, <laughs> the last year or two, how many hours per day were you under the influence? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. So let's say 10. Set yeah. 10, mm -hmm. 70 hours a week. So, you know, I first learned, take 10% of the time you were under the influence, put it into your recovery, and the odds are that should be a minimum that you look at. Right. Yeah. Whatever that is. And yeah. I don't even want to suggest to people. That's a good, I mean, that's a, that's a good, that's fair. I'd yeah. Say. yeah. Well, look, if you spend an hour today with your nutrition and your exercise, would you feel better? Yeah. I've never heard anybody say, no, I feel worse walking around. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I avoid it. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. Scott, what, what kind of tips or advice would you give to someone who's hopeless, helpless, you know, maybe, at, maybe they're yeah. listening and yeah. they just don't know what to do. My highest and best suggestion is those, those three magic words. I need help. If you don't know, that's okay. Most of us didn't when we got here. Mm -hmm. Right. So ask for help. And if you don't know how to ask for help, talk to somebody about how to learn how to ask for help. Mm. You know, nine out of 10 phone calls I get are not from the person who has the problem. It's from the person who's got a family member or a coworker or a colleague or a family member, you know, up, down, meaning kids or parents yeah. or a sibling who call and say, you know, I have a, I have a son, I have a daughter, I have a, a loved brother, yeah. a loved yeah. one. Uh, I have somebody at work. I mean, I've had, you know, high level executive assistants call me and go, my boss wanted me to call you because he was afraid. Yeah. Right. And I said, that's okay. I mean, it's fear. It's fear is a, is a, is a tool if used the right way can really help out. Primal. You know, you, we've all heard the saying, jails, institutions, or death. You keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to get what you've always gotten. And right. there's no way, in my opinion, that if you keep doing what you're doing, you're not going to end up in some worse shape than you ever thought. Well, it, it, it's asinine to think it's ever going to get better. Well, right? but, but we, we, when we're in this, when I was in the middle of my disease, you could not tell me I had a problem. Right. right. 
you know, and then when I tried to kill myself, it, it became an awakening. That yeah. was my burning bush. I was at yeah. the ledge of a 44th floor of a, of a building in New York and I was jumping out the window. I was going, I was right there on the ledge. I was halfway out and divine intervention. This guy comes into his office and says, what are you doing? You're going to fall out the window. I mean, yeah. if he hadn't have been there 30 seconds later, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So for me, I, I had, um, I had a real hard slap and, and that was Friday morning. I flew home Friday night, JFK, Saturday morning, I, w I made the commitment to go into treatment. I said, I can't do this anymore on my own. So no, it's hard to do on your own. Some people say they do it. I don't know if I believe them. It's hard yeah. to do. It's hard to do life on your alone. Right, yeah. So make a phone call. You know, get involved. Go online. I mean, we have the internet today. You can yeah. go online. You can find all kinds of resources. The hard hey, part I mean, is finding trusted ones. Anonymously, too. Well, yeah, you can yeah. chat with someone now anonymously online about what you're going through. Yep. So, well, there's yeah. all kinds of hotlines. You know, the recovery yeah. programs. There's the mental health. You know, by Suicide the way, I don't know prevention. if you, this April. Do you know what this month is? This is Alcohol Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that are in this industry. They didn't even know it. And somebody said to me the other day, he says, how come you people need a month? I said, well, we tried a day. It didn't work. Then we yeah. added a week. And that wasn't enough. So now we, have a, now we have a month. So April is Alcohol Awareness Month. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I, it kind of poked in my head about two months ago because I'm on a lot of different you know, alerts and, and listservs. But it's amazing. And we should be talking about Because this yeah. is the month that was actually put together by NCAD on mm. a national level, which is now merged with Facing Addiction who's also, you know, another national group, Shatterproof, they're all out there now trying to advocate to get people information. Get you know, the, look, the, the San Diego County just approved $184 million um, drug, yeah. drug Medi-Cal budget. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they talked about they want to make prevention and they want to make education the most important part of the grant as they dole it out to the experts in the community. Guess what? Mm -hmm. There's no line item for that yeah. item in the 184 million. Mm. So, in reality, the, the you know behavioral health and health and human services are going to have to get creative mm. because we have to do both. We have to find a way to provide resources for treatment, and we also have to find resources for education and prevention. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and then of course the 28th of April uh, is the you probably knew this National Drug Take Back Day. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you knew. I can tell by the face, you look on your face. You were you were looking forward to it. And what this is, this is the uh, Drug Enforcement Agency's national campaign to help build awareness that if you yeah. have drugs in your home or your car <laughs> or your back pocket or briefcase, please bring them to these points around the community. You can go online yeah. and you can find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they do it twice a year. Well, twice you know. A year. That, you know, shout out Dennis Martinez real quick because he's a good friend of ours. And he and, and his group, they actually do drug back, uh, buybacks several times a year. They just buybacks? They, they give them like skateboards. They give them skateboards oh, yeah. and skate gear and other, right. other stuff. Uh, they just did one down in, you know, Logan Heights not too long ago. Um, so, so there's people out here. Well, we should get together because, you know, you know yeah. just, just disposing of that stuff in yeah. California. Which is why the DEA, I don't think, does it more in California because the EPA says, well, you can't, you know, you can't throw it away. Right. So it's got to be disposed of. And there's like only one place, I think it's up in LA, and it's so expensive, I yeah. guess, to do it in a way where it's, you know, when it's done, it's incinerated. And yeah. You can't, nobody can go to the back yeah. end and go, oh, I'll make this into something special. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there are people, what I'm getting at is there's people now, I feel, that are coming 
out to to really be part of this change. Obviously, what you're doing, your book, what what you're creating, we feel like we're t- you know we're out here on the yeah. front lines too. Yeah. We are trying trying yeah. to give back. You and, actually might be a little more. You might be in front of the front line. Well, you know, that's a good. <laughs> that's the best place to be. Yeah. You know, I was in the Marine Corps, and that's you know that's what they told yeah. you know front line. Yeah. yeah, that's where you go. Well, one thing I want to acknowledge you for, Scott, is is being a massive collaborator. You know, I've. Mm-hmm. I like that well, massive collaborator. Massive collaborator. You know, I, sharing is caring. Well, right? as I've gotten to know you, I've, I've just seen you as someone who's you know had a sense of humor, who everyone kind of knows, and who's quick to connect, who's educated, who takes a leadership role, and, and kind of talks about the issues that are actually going on. And someone who, yeah, I know, and someone who has some experience with actually implementing some programs that have worked and been helpful. Well, that's it. I tell you, that's that summary is something I can certainly embrace. And then and I think the idea behind what you're talking about, if if I were to answer your question you asked me at the beginning, that would be what I'd love to do, is I'd like to be the first responder to families. I'd like to be the one that people, when they don't know what to do, call Scott. Yeah. He, uh-huh. he will give you some suggestions, and he will give you suggestions and referrals to... Confidential recovery. Well, that's our group. You know, we're outpatient, but we don't do detox and we don't do residential. We collaborate with, you know, alcohol, drug-free housing, sober Mm -hmm. livings. So again, we think in the continuum of care, I haven't used that word yet today. That's another answer to what, you know, long-term support looks like is that continuum. And the continuum is a word I learned, you know, 25 years ago in the nonprofit world. It's a way of saying that, you don't you don't just go for this one fix. You plug in you plug on, you lock onto the cable, and you stay tethered. I mean, our our group is eight to ten weeks plus. A, we hope to have a one to two year follow up, mm-hmm. and we encourage everyone not to scare them in the beginning, but we try to encourage everyone to do it. So right. that, but that, this is what I'd love to do. I, if I could do this twenty hours a day, and, I, and if I could afford to, I'd do it for free. And that's to help <laughs> families and businesses get their loved ones into treatment. Because to me, and then also the other side of it, because it's not just substance abuse. I mean, obviously, untreated trauma. Right. The mental health issues, behavioral health is important as well. I don't talk much about nutritional health and gut health because I'm, I'm not a guy who we'll, likes to. We'll save it for those so, guys. Yeah, those guys, right. That one can yeah. get a little messy. That group. Yeah. That one can get a little messy. So, Scott, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today and being a part of this show. It's been an incredible experience. And um, yeah. With that, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up. And where before we wrap it up, oh, where yeah. can everyone find you? What's uh, what yeah, do we got? We have got. Tell me, no, I dare use it on Amazon. Uh, yeah, it is, but get get it for me because I have okay. inventory. Then we can okay. we can save some shipping. I ship it to them, and then they charge you, and then they give me. 50 so I just get it direct from Scott the dealer. So, yeah, you can go okay. my yourcrisiscoach dot com, and my phone number again is six one nine 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 three two seven three eight. And for those who are looking for an active licensed facility, we take insurance. Call us at Confidential Recovery at 619-452-1200. 619-452-1200. So between one of those phone numbers, you know, or text me. Uh, let's see what we can do. And if you're not sure what to do, call me and say, you know, I have no idea what to do next. I prefer that. I'm one of those people when I see an unknown number coming in my phone, I answer it. Because to yeah. me, it's an opportunity yes. to maybe help somebody yes. get help. I love it. Either that or it's, you know, one of the body brokers going, we can get you leads through rehab.com. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. For only $800 a head. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you're talking to the wrong guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks well, for the opportunity, gentlemen. No this doubt. This has been another episode of the Sober Life Audio Experience. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. See ya. Boom. <laughs>